I am delighted about this Twins team down the stretch. Folks, I think they're going to run away with the division. So get your bookmarks and your cute quote tweets ready. Because I think the Twins are about to take off. More on that on Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again, and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I am your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter, although I don't think I would, at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, and of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, please feel free to be active in the comments on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Any questions you want answered on the show, too, feel free to ask, especially on these live shows because um, easier to answer questions as they pop up. Also, too, if you want to uh, ask questions when we're not on the air, just shoot them to me on Twitter at LockedOnTwins at Brendan underscore Warren. I will do my best to answer them. And also, Twins, breathless post-game minutes after pretty much every game. Make sure to come check those out as well under the shorts column on this YouTube channel. A couple of interesting guests coming up. One I will surprise you with next Monday. I'll just say it's a minor league hitter and leave it at that. But we also have Pat Light coming on next week. So we will talk to former Twins reliever uh, who was traded for Fernando Abad, who was recently DFA'd by, I think, the Rockies. Um, but uh, we will have Pat Light in addition to our mystery guest, next week. Also, if you are uh, listening to us, this show is brought to you by uh, Sleeper Picks. You can swing for the fences with Sleeper Picks and win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details, but they're currently operational in over 30 states, so skedaddle on over there and see if that's uh, if it works in your state, I'll check out Sleeper today. Twins Pirates Friday night opening a series at Target Field, 7, 10 p.m. first pitch. It's Andre Jackson against Pablo Lopez. We'll talk about both of those guys, guys here in just a second. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now, Twins Pirates coming up this evening, if you are listening as this is released or live. But it is going to be Pablo Lopez and Andre Jackson. Obviously, Pablo has pitched much better of late. And uh, Andre Jackson, if I'm being honest, um, a lot of these Pirates guys I don't know anything about. And I think part of it is that it's the NL. And so you don't see a lot of these guys. But also, too, um, he's only thrown like 26 innings in the big leagues this year and um, overall 47 and two thirds in the big leagues. So um, not as though there's a lot to really go on with him, but um, you know, he's, he's thrown significantly harder this year uh, than he did in his Dodgers days, averaging about 95 with the fastball. He'll mix in a cutter and a changeup every now and then he'll spin a curve as well. But the pitch to watch out for is the slider. It's about the only pitch he has that profiles as anything more than just kind of meh. Um, 
again, this is the kind of guy I feel like the Twins have uh, really struggled against this year, especially um, when you feel like they probably shouldn't have. I mean, his ERA is over five. Uh, nothing remarkable in his peripherals. Well, I should say this. Out, he, he, he's fanning 9.6 per nine, walking 1.7. That alone is impressive. But giving up two homers per nine, uh, oppose, opposing hitters are hitting 255 off him. So they're having uh, you know plenty of power. And so honestly, um, this is the kind of game the Twins should be able to win. I feel like this is the kind of game good teams win when they take care of business. Now the twins have not done enough of that this year. And we can't run from that. That's an indisputable fact. Now, again, first place by four and a half games, 90.6% to win the division, but um, this still has the feeling of like a frustrating game. And even worse yet is that Brad, or sorry, Mitch Keller. I almost had the wrong Keller. Um, sinking of the Royals guy, Sonny Gray, Mitch Keller. And so twins, you, you could, you would think would have the upper hand in this one. Um, obviously Sonny, not as good as he was to start the season, but still, uh, you know, doing a, a fine enough job, but Keller has been one of the breakout starters in the NL more than a strikeout per inning, perfectly reasonable ground ball rate. He's right around half. And you may look at his ERA at four, two, seven and feel like, okay, not that great. But um, his FIPS three eight six, XFIP three eight two. There are there is some deception in his numbers in the sense that um, you know I think I think Twins fans are going to look at his ERA and be a little bit like okay they can handle this guy. But again, if what we've seen to this point this season sticks, the Twins will beat Keller, but they will lose one or the other of the uh, the cookies in that Oreo series sandwich. Um, you know, you would expect them to win one or the other uh, or both of games one and three with two being the challenge. But I feel like nothing to this point has gone as you might expect for this Twins team. So Keller, obviously pretty solid, good velo. He is going to either throw you a four-seamer or a cut, but he'll mix and match that with a sinker. So he is fastball of some form or fashion, like 60% of the time, according to pitch info. So you're going to get a fastball cutter sinker, and then he'll mix in a slider. Um, almost get a little bit of a, a Lance Lynn vibe from that mix, just different fastballs. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how much he mixes in the slider. Uh, the four seam fastball is a surprisingly good pitch for Keller. It's been almost 13 runs above average, according to Fangraph. So um, uh, it, that hasn't been the case for him before in his career and that's i'm sure part of why his strikeout rate has spiked because a lot of guys don't have fastballs in that range in terms of run value so um if the twins can jump on his fastball they should be okay but he does enough cutting it sinking it and all that that um you know he's done a pretty good job of keeping guys off balance so far this year and um he has strong enough velo on the four and two seam um that the cutter five miles per hour below it is, um, you know, it's a pretty good deceptive pitch. So Keller in the second game, certainly going to be tough. And then we'll see what Sunday looks like. It says Dallas Keiko against Osvaldo Bido. Um, Keiko got, I, I feel like he's been kind of pushed back and roster resource has Joe Ryan penciled in 
for Saturday against uh, the Rangers at home against Max Scherzer, which would be a, a fun matchup. But um, I don't know if that is certain he'll be back then. He is making a rehab start Friday uh, tonight, if you're listening when this comes out. So that would put him on about eight days rest. So I don't know. That feels like wishful thinking. Either he will make the... I feel like either he'll make a start in one of the first two games of the Texas series, or he will make another rehab start and then come back after that. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. It'll be good to have Joe Ryan back whenever that happens, but we'll be keeping an eye on St. Paul and how that goes because, um, you know, we've obviously seen Joe Ryan struggle, give up uh, a bucket load of homers here in the last few starts in the big leagues. So we'll see what, um, what he's capable of. Osvaldo Bido is a 27 year old, uh, righty. And so with him, like we said, uh, not much experience, 40 big league innings, um, you know, decent strikeout numbers, decent walk numbers, basically nothing jumping off the screen, but, um, he's a fastball sinker slider guy, uh, lots of sliders, like almost 40%. And the fastball can touch 95, 96, so again, um, you know, not great numbers, but the pitch repertoire, especially the slider, should be something the Twins have to contend with. Again, granted, this is a pitcher who does not have a lot of big league experience. So we'll see what happens there. But um, I'm expecting good things from the Twins in this series. I'm expecting good things from them moving forward. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um I'm going to come back to August for the Twins and Pirates first. Uh, on this day a year ago, actually, the Twins were off. So we're going to go back to 2021. The Twins walked off the Guardians. The winning pitcher was Danny Coulomb, Alex Colomay, the blown save. Tell me if you've heard that one again. But the Twins won in 11 innings to move to 54 and 67. So again, not great, but the, the Guardians were 58 and 61. So neither team really... Um, running away with anything. It was a day game. It was a Wednesday day game. And uh, Lewis Thorpe worked as the opener. So not going to remember much about uh, Lewis Thorpe's time here. Um, but just listen to this motley crew of pitchers who threw for the Twins that day. Lewis Thorpe, Edgar Garcia, Juan Manaya, Ralph Garza, Caleb Thielbar, Alex Colomay, Tyler Duffy, and Danny Kula. Quite a list of pitchers there offensively. Um, Jorge Polanco with a couple hits, Miguel Sano with a couple hits. Um, but yeah, it uh not a good year in 2021. I think we all can agree on that. And so that's where they were two years ago today, because a year ago today they were off. Now we gotta talk about our friends over at Sleeper. If you want the chance to win more money with less picks, head to Sleeper, the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. So if you think Max Kepler is going to go yard tonight, you can pick that. If you think that one of the twins, let's say Jorge Polanco, is going to pick up two RBIs, anything like that, you can choose. If you choose at least two of those um, and then bet the over, under, like bet above that or below that, um, you can do that. It's, it's a whole heap of fun. Uh, dynamic payouts are live. So each player projection has a multiplier attached to it, as opposed to preset multipliers based on the number of legs in a contest. So it gives you more stat categories to bet on and higher payouts with fewer picks. 
You must use the promo code locked on. You will get a hundred percent match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. So make sure you run over there and check it. See Sleepers terms of use for details. They're currently operational in over 30 states. So get on over there, see if you are in one of those states, and check out Sleeper today. All right, so we are into the bullpen, but I am going to go back for just a split second. And before we get started with the second segment here, thanks for making us your first listen every day. If you are an everydayer, make sure to check back over the weekend and then next week as we have a couple of uh, ball-playing guests. Maybe we can get Tom Schreier on here. We got a lot of things planned here as we come down the home stretch. Twins Pirates open the series on uh, on Friday, 7.10 p.m., Andre Jackson, Pablo Lopez. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now, I had meant to get to the teams in August, uh, how the Twins have hit and pitched in August, how the Pirates have pit, pitched and hit in August. Uh, but if you've listened to the show more than once, you know time frequently gets away from me. But your Pirates, not your Pirates, because you're probably not a Pirates fan listening to this, um, who've been strong this month, Brian Reynolds. Now, again, you would expect Brian Reynolds to carry this Pirates team offensively. Um, he's kind of their main guy, uh, their number two hitter. And, it, you know, really it's it's Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, McCutcheon that uh, to me are the most exciting. Uh, I'm really curious to see how Henry Davis pans out. He's been playing a lot of right field with Andy Rodriguez behind the plate, but I think Davis's future, at least what they're hoping his future to be, um, is behind the plate. Won't see O'Neill Cruz. Still working his way back from ankle surgery. But other than that, you're going to see pretty much the full complement of the Pirates. Um, Reynolds having a terrific month, 1,021 OPS. He's got six of his 20 homers leaving the uh, six of his 20 hits leaving the yard as homers. Uh, Cabrian Hayes having a strong month of a 934 OPS. And, uh, you know, a couple other guys, Connor Joe in a part time role, getting on base at a 357 clip. Um, the uh, the Pirates have uh, a 718 OPS this month, so a decent offensive month, but the pitching has really been problematic. Uh, 530 ERA among guys who have made starts. Mitch Keller has struggled this much uh, this month. Sorry, easy for me to say. Uh, with a 675 ERA and a buck 81 WHIP. Um, sorry, uh, depressed Twins fan asking O'Neill Cruz isn't back right. No, not. Not yet. So the Twins are going to miss out on the uh, probably the most exciting player on the Pirates. Uh, you know, I really like Brian Reynolds. I still like Brian Hayes. But uh, for my money, O'Neill Cruz is the most exciting player. Um, fair number of homers this month that the Pirates have given up. But um, to me, it seems like it's fairly balanced. The starters have been pretty shaky and the bullpen has as well. Uh, Beto has a 6.55 ERA this month in 11 innings. So, I mean, eight earned in 11 innings is, is certainly not great. Um, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm really enthused about this series, and I think it can be a good jumping off point for the Twins, who I feel like are uh, making progress toward being who they're supposed to be. Now, with that said, uh, 7.77 OPS this month for the Twins. They've scored 70 runs. The Pirates have scored. 70 runs um, this month. So 
similar offenses, but the paths to get there certainly different. Uh, twins with 26 home runs and uh, 77, uh, 777 OPS. And um, obviously, I think we all know who most of the guys are who are hitting well this month. Uh, 1,020 OPS for Jeffers. Um, 840 for Carlos Correa did jump out at me a little bit. 963 for Kepler, 831 for Polanco. Now the one that really surprises me, and I I don't think I would have guessed this in a million years. Joey Gallo has a 944 OPS in August, and I did not realize it. Um, hitting 233, 410 on base. So nine walks, 15 strikeouts, and 39 plate appearances. So uh, and then three homers. So what does that come out to? 24, 27 of his 39 plate appearances have been one of the three true outcomes. So um, Gallo having a nice month, but not exactly, a, you know, reinventing the wheel. Pitching-wise, uh, Pablo Lopez has been absolutely incredible since August 1st. He's given up one earned run this month, 19 innings. That comes out to an 0-4-7. Sonny's been great, buck 89. And then we'll see, obviously, Dallas Keiko coming off really getting bombed last time out. Um, not exactly surprising based on his stuff and location, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm curious, and if you want to answer in the comments, uh, I'd be happy to hear what fans have to say, but would you give uh, would you give Dallas Keuchel a shot in the bullpen? I'm curious if fans would do that because Twins obviously need help in the bullpen. They're kind of biding time for you know, maybe Brock Stewart to come back. Would you swap out Cole Sands or Josh Winder for Dallas Keuchel? Or are you ready to end the Keuchel experiment altogether? Maybe give him one more start just to, um, you know, really see where he's at. Um, or do you put him in the pen because you, uh, you could have a ground ball guy from the left side. Maybe you're in a tight spot um, and you need, you know, you need to get a, a, a double play. Dylan Floro is decent at that, but um, and from the right side. So another, again, it gives you another matchup. But um, I'm curious if people would have uh, have Keuchel in their um, in their their bullpen as opposed to cutting him outright. Yeah, Beast Mode Rocco says he'd swap Jacks for Keuchel and Ghost IL Jacks. I don't know about that. I'm higher on Jacks than most. Um, Jacob says he would. Also, uh, say, yeah, move Keuchel. Roster crunch is going to happen, but he'd like to see Varland again. I would like to see Louis Varland out of the bullpen. I, I agree with that. I think that's a really great take. Just because I think um, I'd like to see how or if, or maybe both, his stuff plays up. I, the velocity was already pretty solid in, um, in, uh, in the rotation. So... It just again comes down to if we think that um, that uh, you know he can limit the home run issue in the uh, in the bullpen as opposed to in the rotation. Um, you know it's it's been a real problem. Um, I think I would give a Triple A starter of some form or fashion a shot in this bullpen, but honestly, uh, I'd give Keuchel a. a couple outings, maybe three outings, just see what happens. Again, they don't necessarily need length out of the bullpen with three guys who honestly, they don't really trust out there. Uh, it's unfortunate because that really puts stress on a bunch of the other guys. But um, if you think Keiko can help you out there, maybe you send back 
uh, Winder Sands, Balazovic. I'm not really sure who I'd pick or how I'd pick, but uh, it'd probably come down to who worked the most recently and threw a bunch of pitches, which is Winder with 28 on uh, on Wednesday. So we'll see what happens there. Um, our friend Derek wants to know who the breakout player will be or who I think it will be in this upcoming series. So let's see. If they're facing... A righty in Jackson, a righty in Keller, and a righty in Beto. I gotta probably go with a left-handed hitter. Um, Matt Walner has been a little bit quiet in August, 799 OPS, but a 288 on base. Um, but when he hits it, they go far. Uh, can I call Edward Julien a breakout player? He's got a 656 OPS and does not have an extra base hit this month. Could could I do that? Could I call Edward Julien the breakout player? of this series? Cause I think I'm going to, um, I think Royce Lewis also has a chance to be real, real solid in the series, but yeah, I'm going with Edward Julien, uh, picking things up against righties, um, especially on the outside edges of the series being, um, not that accomplished of righties. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's, let's do this. Let's talk about, um, two years ago, the or 10 years ago, sorry, twins lost 5 2 at Target Field on August 18th, 2013. And my favorite thing about these ones 10 years ago is just hashtag remembering some guys like Diane Viciedo, uh, Jeff Kepinger, Abisail Garcia, who's still in the big leagues, uh, Alexei Ramirez, Sam Deduno pitched for that, uh, the twins that day lost to future twin. Hector Santiago, uh, multi-hit games from Wilkin Ramirez, who played center field. No recollection of that, and I was at this game. I covered every game, all 81 at Target Field that year. And um, honestly, I uh, I don't remember this game at all. Um, it Again, just completely over my head. But um, I, think, I think that's probably true of... Uh, most games that 2013 season, like I remember opening day, but um, opening day was Verlander against Vance Worley. If, if you want to know why I forgot a lot about the rest of the season uh, coming back in our third segment, we will talk about um, why I'm so enthused about this team, Edward Julianne moving forward and maybe sneak in a little bit about the catcher platoon before we run out of time. Now, the Twins play the Pirates at Target Field. It's going to be a 7-10 first pitch. Andre Jackson versus Pablo Lopez. If you are watching live, we broke down each of those pitchers in the first segment. Obviously, Keller is the one to watch, which means the Twins will probably beat him and lose to the um, to the other two because they're unproven and we don't know much about them. But if you want, you can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now, I want to talk about Eddie Julien, Edouard Julien, whatever you want to call him. Um, I noticed something remarkable about him when I was looking through the stats uh, day before yesterday. I think it was the day before yesterday. Uh, 310 average, 415 on base, 540 slugging against righties. Not surprising. Um, getting on base against whoever he faces. But what I came back to was his month-by-month strikeout rates in May, June, July, and August. So in May, he struck out 38.1% of the time, um, 16 times in 42 plate appearances. In June, he struck out 
point, uh, 33.3% of the time, 16 times in 54, uh, or 63 plate appearances. Um, I don't know if that math checks out, but I'll have to check it. Um, oh, no, I, I looked at the wrong thing. It was 21 times in 63 plate appearances. I, I looked at the wrong column. 25% uh, in July, which is uh, 19 times in 76 plate appearances. And then 22.4% of the time in August, 11 times with eight walks in 49 plate appearances. So again, a steady decrease of 5%, 8%, about 2.5%. 22.4 is solidly below league average. And so the more Julian gets accustomed to how pitchers are going to attack him, I think that strikeout rate, I don't necessarily know that it's going to go further down um you know that's more of a like a max kepler range is in the low 20s uh i think eddie rosario was like 16 or 17 percent which was remarkable for everything that he swung at but um that's why i'm still encouraged about eddie julian even though he does not have an extra base hit this month he's hitting 268 he's slugging 268 now that's with a 388 on base so he's still working the zone basically doing what you want of him at the front of the order just um not driving to baseball right now, but that strikeout um, decrease, subtraction, uh, whatever you want to call it, I'll call it a decrease, um, to me is extremely, extremely interesting. Again, like to see him start driving the ball down the stretch here, but getting on base when batting leadoff is certainly helpful. Um, you know, I am just... I. I I'm enthused by this Twins team moving forward, and I, I'm going to have to go quickly through it because I'm running out of time here. But offensively, I look at the lineup. Uh, I look at the lineup. I'm going to make sure I pull up the right one so that I can cite it properly. But uh, the, the way the Twins lineup is going to get crowded and solid to me is just it's so exciting because the pitching staff, and like even this month with a four-something ERA, that still should be good enough for an offense that I think has left a lot on the table as far as uh, what they're capable of. So the, uh, the lineup in this one, uh, Edward Julian, Royce Lewis, Max Kepler, Carlos Correa, Jorge Polanco, Matt Walner, Donnie Solani, Christian Vasquez, and Michael A. Taylor. Now uh, one through seven, all guys perfectly suited for the roles they're in. Christian Vasquez, obviously playing for defensive purposes and, um, same pretty much for Michael A. Taylor, but those guys in the 8-9 spot, uh, not too concerning that you'll have to hide them down there. But um, that is, to me, a pretty dang solid offense. And again, this is a Twins team that still hopes to get back Alex Kirov, still hopes to get back, um, by, well, obviously, Byron Buxton, but then Gordon, Castro, Miranda. I mean, that's 5 of 9, so 55 0.6% of a, a fairly solid lineup if each of these guys plays like they're capable of. Um, again, we don't want to make the excuse that the Twins have been injured, but, uh, you know, those things happen in today's game, and that's where they're at right now. But if you look at this lineup as it stands, and then imagine adding a couple more competent bats, I think you have to be enthused about this team running away with the division by five, six-plus games. Um, there's really no reason to uh, not. Uh, if we go to Tankathon, our friends over there for the remaining strength of schedule, Twins have the 26th 
most difficult schedule the rest of the way. So in other words, fifth easiest with a 480 opponent winning percentage. Meanwhile, the Guardians have a 520. They still got to face the Dodgers, Orioles, Rangers, Rays, Jays, and Giants. Uh, Twins still have to face the Rangers seven times. The Rays three times, a couple games with the Brewers coming up here, and then uh, three with the Reds. So um, Twins still got a lot of teams. They should be able to roll over, and I'm certainly hopeful that uh, that's the case because this team should be capable of winning this division by five-plus, six-plus, however many games um, feels like running away with based on anyone's general uh, concept of that. So I'm, I'm enthused by that. And now I just, I want to touch on one thing. It's the catcher platoon and there there's been a lot of chatter. And I mean, maybe I'm, maybe it's, I'm mistaken to be uh, giving into the Twitter discourse of why does Christian Vasquez ever play? And I keep coming back to a few different things. You, you look at this improvement of the pitching staff and I, it's hard for me to say it's just the pitchers. It's just the first full year of, Pete Mackey is a pitching coach because certainly losing um, Wes Johnson halfway through the season is was not helpful to anybody. Uh, but catchers, catchers have to have a big role in that. And Christian Vasquez has won World Series with the Red Sox. He's won with the Astros. Uh, the Astros brought him in at the deadline to help the, the tandem of him and Martin Maldonado. The Astros last year winning the World Series rostered a catcher with a 600 OPS who played almost every day because of how good he was defensively. I think Christian Vasquez's role could be as valuable as Martin Maldonado is to the Astros. Now, to be fair, the Astros had a loaded lineup around Vasquez and Maldonado or Maldonado and Vasquez. Um, that is not the case this year for the Astros who have been down a little bit, but they also have Yiner, uh, Yiner Diaz, who is uh, kind of stealing that job away from Maldonado. So, uh, it cuts both ways, but uh, I want to see more Jeffers. I want to see more Ryan Jeffers, but I don't think it's coincidental that Vasquez is catching as much as he is. Um, Jeffers might, in fact, be hitting better because he's not getting as much stress on his legs. And honestly, um, I think Vasquez just uh, defensively brings too much to the table. According to Fangraph's defensive metric, Vasquez is 17 runs above average so um no 12 runs above. he's 17th in value at de uh, defensively among mlb players uh all mlb players uh and jeffers much further down like in the 120s um honestly i think it's a, it's a nice platoon even though they don't swing different ways as far as righty lefty like jason castro and mitch garver did and, and beast mode rocco was mentioning that in the chat, but I think it's still a good platoon because they're both pretty good defensively. Um, I think Vasquez might be better suited to catch the younger pitchers. Um, he caught most of Louis Varlin starts for instance, and that's um, where some of his negative numbers come in terms of ERA behind the plate. But um, Vasquez is going to continue to play. And I, I think if you ask the twins candidly, they would not be upset that they've promised to pay $10 million for the next two seasons to Christian Vasquez. I just, I don't think it's, it's an issue. Um, our friend Jacob says Je uh, Jeffers 55 Vasquez, 45 Jeffers DH more often. Um, again, yeah, that's going to work for now. Um, 
with that said, how much is Buxton going to DH? How much do they want Julian to DH? Julian's defense, I think, has looked better lately. Um, I don't know about Polanco at third, Royce at third, Polanco at short with Korea DHing. I mean, there's a lot of iterations that work, um, but we'll see how the DH goes. For now, though, I have no problem putting Jeffers in there just because that's how good he is. And I think you can also, too, save Kyle Farmer as an emergency catcher to where you're not trapped into having a pitcher hit. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to get away from Vasquez playing and playing often. May come down to catcher preference, may come down to, um, you know, what the Twins see as a need in that given day. Um, But we'll see. Uh, That's all we have outside of this. On this day 20 years ago, the Twins were off. But. We dial it back to 2002, magical 2002 season. Twins were 73 and 52 after beating the Red Sox at the Dome on a Sunday uh, Sunday evening game or Sunday afternoon game. Sorry, uh, two hours and 33 minutes though, so it was a nice, crisp, most likely a getaway day. Um, Rick Reed, the winner. John Burkett, the loser. A lot of remembering some guys here. Multi-hit games for Minkiewicz and Hunter and Koski. Um, the twins did, uh, rookie manager, Ron Gardenhire did not use a single sub in this game. Every player played the entire game. Uh, some really classic names on the Red Sox though. Trot Nixon, Shea Hillenbrand, obviously Manny Ramirez, Ricky Henderson pinch ran for Manny Ramirez in this one. And Carlos Bayerga pinch hit for Brian Dobick. Uh, Chris Haney worked the last two thirds of an inning in relief. Just an incredible uh, number of remembering some guys here, which is one of my favorite things to do. All right, make sure you hang out with us. I'm going to do my best to come back over the weekend. I know I owe you guys some shows. It's been really spotty, and I, I apologize for that, but the little man is finally starting daycare, daycare here. So I am committed to you, and I am committed to making the show the best it can be. Now, with that said, make sure you follow us at Locked On Twins at Brandon underscore Warren. Make sure to check us out over the weekend. Give us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or like or both on YouTube. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with us today on a Friday afternoon. This is Brandon Warren signing off and saying, have a freaking weekend.